but yeah, so I'm waiting for him to wake up. He finally wakes up and he sees like a mountain of pads in the bathroom and runs downstairs. Like, is it happening? And I'm like, yep, we're having a baby today. And so I stayed home as long as I could. I was like writing down my contractions in a notebook and they were just completely all over the place. There was no regularity to it whatsoever. So by the time we were at like the 10 hour mark, I was like, we should probably just go. And my husband drove me to the hospital and then had to drop me off outside. Yeah. And I just sat on a bench and waited for my mom. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Liesl Team. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth-related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. Hi guys, happy Monday. So this week on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, I have a birth story lined up for y'all. And let me just preface, this is not any ordinary birth story. I mean, birth stories, you know, most of them, I wouldn't call any birth story ordinary, but this one is especially intense. And shall I even say the word COVID filled? Yep. (laughs) So this week I had Laurel join me on the podcast to talk all about giving birth in the heart of this pandemic that we all know too well. Laurel and her husband both got COVID a few days before she was due, and unfortunately her husband was not able to attend her birth, and she had to give birth in the hospital alone. Her unique experience has taught her the value of advocacy before, during, and after birth. And not only did she give birth in a pandemic, she had COVID during her delivery. Yeah, her recovery from her experience has been long and heartfelt and less than easy to say the least. I wanted to have her on today to tell her story, not only to shed light on what it's like to give birth with COVID, but to help you understand a quote unquote worst case scenario and understand how to fiercely self-advocate if you ever find yourself in a similar situation. This is an emotional yet incredible story. So let's dive right in and hear from Laurel. Hey guys, so before we hop into this week's episode, I wanted to give you a quick update from a previous episode a few episodes ago. I had Sarah come on to episode 100 of the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast and talk to us all about her embryo transfer. Remember, she was the single mom by choice. And I wanted to update you guys. I hadn't heard from her, but I just heard from her that she is currently 18 weeks pregnant with a baby girl. She is doing great and her pregnancy is going really, really well and she is due in April. So she even said that she's going to come back on later next year to do a birth story. So stay tuned for that episode. But I know I left a lot of you guys hanging with that episode, um, but I just wanted to update you here and let you guys know that she is currently pregnant and doing great. All right, let's get right into this week's episode. Wondering what you need to do to stay on track during each week of pregnancy? Not sure what you need to be learning or researching along the way? I can help. 
Sign up for our free weekly pregnancy series to get tips, advice, and resources tailored to your exact week of pregnancy sent straight to your inbox every week. Sign up at mommylabornurse.com slash I am pregnant to get your first email today. See you in your inbox real soon. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. So we're doing a birth story today. Can you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, your family, where are you from, all that good stuff? Yeah, sure. So my name's Laurel. I was born and raised in Austin, Texas, but I somehow got stuck here in Philly, PA for the last 12 years or so. It's starting to finally like it. Cool. Yes, I guess I'm stuck here. I am married and have one son who is seven months old next week, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I work in higher education. So I work at a local university in communications, but my husband and I also produce a podcast and I love to write and love nature and birding and all that. Cool. Cool. I I was going to say, so do you like bird watch? Is that what you mean by bird? Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. My sister, I was what were we doing? I don't, we were on a zoom call together or something. And I saw that she had a bird watching book beside her or something. I saw her bird watching book and I was like, bird watching. She was like, yeah, I sit in front of a nice window. So there's all these birds that fly around. So I'm in these bird watching Facebook groups and I have this bird watching book and I'm like, Oh, I mean, that's cool. <laughs> it's completely addictive. Yeah. It's a wonderful I'm sure. hobby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, very cool. Well, Laurel, we are doing a birth story today. So usually what I tell people is if you don't mind going back to when you first were finding out you're pregnant and how your journey, you know, was to getting pregnant and we can talk about your pregnancy and then we can go into your birth story. Yeah, absolutely. So my husband and I got married in 2018 and we didn't want to start trying right away, but we knew that we wanted to have kids together. So the conversation was kind of like, you know, when we have better jobs or when we make more money or when we have a bigger house, we can start thinking about it. And then we yeah. were like, there's kind of never going to be a perfect job and there's never going to be enough money and there's right. never going to be a big enough house. So like, what are we waiting for? Yeah. So we started trying in August of 2019 and we kind of thought we were just going to get pregnant right away. And that did not happen. We didn't face like major fertility struggles, but it took a lot longer than we expected. It took about nine months for us to conceive. And we had sort of at that point, it, it was just routine. We're like, okay, I guess we'll try again. Yeah. And then we got our positive pregnancy test two or three weeks into lockdown. So very okay. ironic that we were like, yeah, we're, we're finally pregnant at the time when the world seems like it's ending. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure. So what was that moment like after? Cause I know there's so many different trying to conceive, you know, feelings that come up. So what was it like having that positive after that long nine months? Yeah, it was wild. So, you know, I had gotten up, I had a feeling that this might be it. Like my cats were really clingy and I was having, uh, you know, sore, tender breasts. And I was like, I didn't have like a late period yet, but I was temping and like my temperature had been, you know, raised for a few days in a row. Yeah. So I was like, I think this might be it. So I took a test like first thing in the morning, like 6am when I woke up mm-hmm. before we'd had coffee or anything. And we just like looked at the test and my husband is like, there's no way it's going to be positive. And I'm like, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And then it like flashes pregnant and we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And he was like, this has okay, never but, happened before. Yeah. And he, he was like, those things aren't totally accurate, are they? And I was like, no, they're like 99.9% accurate. Like we're pregnant. And he was That's like, what my husband said too. He's like, I think you should go get another one. Like just, yeah. just to make sure I'm like, yeah. even if it's like really, really, and you took a digital one, but my first yeah. one was the, just the pink dye. And he was like, I don't know. It's not very like, like solid. Are you sure <laughs> you're like, maybe you're just like a little bit pregnant. I was like, that's just not a, a thing. little bit pregnant. That's not, that's not a thing. <laughs> you either are, or you aren't. <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, let me go make some coffee. So at first it was just like shock. Yeah. yeah. And then I got like, so excited that I completely put in the back of my mind that there was a pandemic happening. I just like forgot about it for an yeah. entire day. And then I was yeah. on the phone with my doctor, like, you know, I'm so excited. We're pregnant. And then I was like, oh wait, it's a really weird time to be pregnant. Yeah. Like how does this even work? Cool. Yeah. 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 So it was definitely, you know, a weird time to be pregnant and there were pros and cons about where we were at. I was able to have my morning sickness, enjoy my morning sickness in my pajamas and in my own home while working remotely. Yeah. But I spent literally my entire pregnancy working from home. Mm -hmm. You know, no one at my work ever saw me pregnant which is just crazy. Yeah, and that I'm, is crazy. I'm going to show back up in the fall. Like, yeah, last time you saw me, I was, you know, pre-mom Laurel and now I'm mom Laurel. Yeah. And I have like a, almost a, what, you know, however old he yeah. will be in that time. Like, it's not even like a newborn baby, like my yeah, baby's no, I've older. Got a baby who might be walking. So <laughs> yeah, it's completely wild. And there was, you know, kind of a mix of like major excitement. We're finally pregnant. We're finally having a baby. And like fear and panic and coming to terms with a lot of scary things. Like COVID took so much from a lot of people, but like the fact that I couldn't tell my parents in person that I was having a baby, I had to break it to them over zoom because they live halfway across the country. And then coming to terms with the fact that they probably weren't going to be able to be there for the birth or spend time with me after and help me, you know, figure out the transition to motherhood was just kind of crazy to process. And so it took me my entire pregnancy to process that you know, at the back of my mind too, there was like, I was due in December and we kept seeing again and again, like the forecast of this really dark winter, like there's Mm going to be cases rising, more cases, more deaths, just like really scary predictions for what winter was going to look like. And while we were taking really strict COVID precautions, we were being really, really careful. We were still like, there's no 100% way to protect yourself from this. So at the back of my mind too, I'm thinking like, what if things get so bad that hospitals change their policies and they don't let support people in? What if I have to labor alone? Yeah. So that was a big fear that I had that I was, you know, just trying not to in any way manifest. Yeah. But early December, the hospital had a like orientation webinar Mm-hmm. where they were going through like, this is what labor and delivery looks like here. And also these are the COVID protocols that we're taking. And that really set my mind at ease because they pretty much told you that, you know, we're going to test you as you come in for delivery. We're not going to test your partner or your support person. We're going to screen them for symptoms. But even if you come back positive, we're not going to separate you. So like, you're yeah. going to have a partner in the delivery room. Yeah, Recovery is a different story. If you're COVID positive, they're going to have to leave after you have the baby. Yeah. But they were also taking like major, major precautions to keep moms and babies together too, because the calculation was that like skin to skin and bonding time and breastfeeding, if that's what you're doing, that those benefits outweigh the really small risk of like mother to baby transmission. Yep. So I'm like, 
I feel a lot better. They're not going to separate any of us, even if I have COVID, which I won't. I'm not going to get COVID because I'm being so, so careful. Famous last words, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, All right, so let's go into, you know, those few days maybe before birth story. What were you doing? How were you prepping? Was it, you know, your doctors now or your providers saying, you have to be induced or did you go into labor on your own? Let's flash forward to that point. Absolutely. So it's the holiday time. So I decided to start my maternity leave a little bit early. I'm like prepping for holiday baking and everything. My provider schedules an induction for like the day before I would hit 41 weeks, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, I really want my baby to come early. I'm just like so excited. I want like a Christmas Eve baby or something. And I just can't wait. And then on December 26th, the day after Christmas, my husband wakes up with cold symptoms. Okay. So as we're kind of processing that, you know, maybe he's got a cold, he starts texting with a coworker of his because the only people that we've been seeing, like I've been seeing my doctor and he's been going into his very small office, masked plexiglass and everything. Yeah. He's texting with a coworker who is like, I think I had an asthma attack last night, but now I feel sick too. Coworker gets a test. And his test comes back COVID positive. So immediately my husband and I start quarantining from each other because I don't have any symptoms. We start masking in the house. We sleep in different rooms. The only time we see each other in those last couple of days before I'm due is like when I'm dropping off food in the bedroom for my husband to eat. So then he schedules his test and I have my last prenatal appointment like the next Monday And I call them and I'm like, Hey, I have a known exposure. And they're like, we're going to have to have your last prenatal appointment be telehealth because we can't bring you in. So they can't take my blood pressure or anything like that. And I inform them about what's going on and they say, okay, I'm glad he's getting a test. If it comes back positive, please don't bring him to the hospital when you go into labor. Yeah. Yeah. So processing all of that. Yeah. (laughs) And then my husband gets his test the results come over email and he comes downstairs, just stands on the staircase while I'm like across the room and says, Hey babe, my test results came back. I have COVID. Mm. And just like the two of us just like, Oh, broke I down. bet you were just, yes. I w- I'm like almost about to start crying. Just thinking about that moment of like, you realize this is how it's going to be. Yeah. And he's at this point, like really sick too. Yeah, and I'm the, sure. All we want to do is like run over and hug and kiss each other, but we can't because we don't know if I've been exposed yet. So yeah, whole lot to carry. And I call my mom immediately and I'm like, yep, we've got a COVID case in the house. And my mom, who is just a total hero, is like, my hand is on the button. I'm booking the flight. I'll be there tomorrow. That's a like, though, that's (laughs) just a mom would do, you know, no other person like that is a mom. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. She's just like pandemic pandemic. Like I'll wear two masks. I'll wear a face shield. I'll get there. I'll get in a bubble suit. I will be there. Yeah. (laughs) And like, there was a lot of support coming from a lot of different directions too. My sister-in-law was like, do you need someone to be in the hospital with you? My best friend was like, I'm ready. I'm quarantining now I can be there. But my mom was just like, no, this is me. Stand back ladies. Yeah. I got this. So of course I assume I'm positive but I schedule a test just to be sure, even though I know they're going to test me in the hospital. Yeah. And my positive test came back on my due date. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So my husband and I- timing? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like, you know, 
we keep quarantining just to be safe because we just don't know enough. Like I could still pick up more viral load or, or what we're just trying to stay separate. And I, I still at this point was totally asymptomatic, even though my husband was pretty sick. Yeah. But again, my doctor had had this induction scheduled for January 6th. And I was like doing the math. Like if we can make it to January 6th, then we're out of the 10 day quarantine. Like if, yeah if my husband's symptoms go away, then we can do this. We can be together. So where before I was like, yeah, give me a Christmas Eve baby. I was like, like, don't move and don't come out. Yeah. Yeah. Just stay in there. But then my water broke. Of course. Of course it did. 3 a.m. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Yep. On January 2nd. So yeah, I, I woke up to a gush and I didn't want to wake anybody up. So I just called my provider and the on-call nurse was like, this is great. Keep an eye on it. Watch out for these things. You can come in now. You can come in whenever you want, or you can stay home for up to like 12 hours and wait Mm -hmm. for contractions to start on their own. As long as you don't see any of these warning signs. So I decided I was going to stay home. I didn't want to be, you know, away from my husband. I wanted to like stay there as long as I could. Yeah. And my contractions started about an hour later they are super irregular and it's still four in the morning. So I'm just like sitting on a birthing ball, waiting for yeah. my husband to wake up, waiting for my mom to wake up. She's just crazy. She was like down the street. She lives across the country. I haven't seen her in a year and she's down the street and I like, can't go say hi. It was just <laughs> wild. But yeah, so I'm waiting for him to wake up. He finally wakes up and he sees like a mountain of pads in the bathroom and runs downstairs. Like, is it happening? And I'm like, yep, yeah. we're having a baby today. Yeah. And so I stayed home as long as I could. I was like writing down my contractions in a notebook and they were just completely all over the place. There was no regularity to it whatsoever. So by the time we were at like the 10 hour mark, I was like, we should probably just go. And my husband drove me to the hospital and then had to drop me off outside. Yeah. And I just sat on a bench and waited for my mom. Leaking probably like <laughs> all over the place yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then she got there. We went in together. And they took me to the evaluation and treatment unit where they had to like check me and verify that my water was broken. But again, yeah, I was leaking just all over the place. So it was no question for me. Yeah. But yeah, all the nurses, full head to toe PPE, masks, face shields, gowns, everything. Yeah. And then while I was being evaluated, I had a fetal monitor and they were putting in an IV and I always look away when I get needles because I'm a little squeamish. Same. It's weird. Yeah. I'm a nurse and I put them in people and I can't like watch just, them go into myself. Yeah. yeah I can't <laughs> look at it. And I didn't find out until later. My mom told me they actually drew blood, which I just was not aware of. And it must have happened really quickly. But I ended up looking back after it was done and I saw just a little bit of blood at the injection site and I had what's called a vagal response. Yeah. So essentially that's, yeah, my blood pressure just plummeted and I fainted. Fairly common-ish. It happens to a small amount of people. But, you know, like suddenly there was like one nurse in there and then suddenly there were like six or seven nurses and things just got really chaotic and everyone was like flipping me over, telling me to change positions. They were telling me to get on my hands and knees, to cough. They were shaking my belly. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I could feel that I was having contractions just like back to back, that it was just like a constant contraction. Mm -hmm. And one nurse came in and sort of like calmly said in my ear, like, we're getting you ready to go to emergent delivery. We're probably going to have to do a C-section. We got to move pretty quickly. And then another nurse was like, we're about to give you another injection. 
And that injection turned out to be terbutaline, which is usually used in like preterm labor. Mm -hmm. So they were doing that to stop my contractions and that worked. And suddenly there was just one nurse again. And they were explaining to me what had happened, which is I was on the monitor. And when I had had that sort of fainting response, baby's heart rate had decelerated. So everything they were doing was just trying to get baby's heart rate back up. Mm -hmm. But it got us back on track and it also like stopped my labor essentially. So, yeah. So where I was, you know, ruptured and contracting, I now was effectively not really in labor anymore, mm-hmm. but they still had to admit me obviously. Cause I was, my water was broken. Right. All right. The sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of birth it up babies. This Birth It Up Baby is from Colleen, and Colleen says, Hi, I just wanted to share my Birth It Up story. I'm a first-time mom and was actually due on Labor Day. Go figure. (laughs) My little one wanted to be here sooner, though, and was born one week early. I took your epidural class and just wanted to let you know how much it helped me. Understanding the process of receiving the epidural took away the fear. Thank you for explaining why the nurses and doctors do everything they do. It helped me to ask better questions when I was in labor. Also, side note, my husband was concerned about the amount of blood I lost, about 400 milliliters, which is a normal, normal amount, until I showed him the post that you made the next day that 500 was normal, right? So you've even empowered him. Love it. Thanks again for providing realistic information in a fun and memorable way. I love that. Awesome. So if you want to check out the course that Colleen took, she took the epidural series. You can head over to mommylabornurse.com and click on the epidural series. All right, let's get right back into this week's episode. So we finally move over to a birthing suite. This is like 5 p.m. And we just kind of decompress. My mom and I are like, we don't really need to tell anybody about that (laughs) until after this is all over. I'm not going to tell my husband. A little dramatic way to start things. (laughs) Yeah, we don't need to worry anybody. But from there on, it was like much calmer. There was no more like crazy chaos or anything. Mm -hmm. The nurses, you know, the L&D nurse came in and was like, hey, we met in a very chaotic moment back there. I just want to reintroduce myself. Yeah, Here's what's going on. Here's what we're going to do. And we made a plan. And so obviously I had to start Pitocin to get contractions started and stronger again. So we started Pitocin and from there, it was kind of just a waiting game and we were kind of just playing chicken with Mm -hmm. the dosage. So we would just up it every couple of hours to see if that got me to progress. And it just took a really long time. I'm (laughs) sure normal. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. First babies. And meanwhile, I'm like texting with my husband, like, here's what's happening. And he's like, are you pushing yet? What's going to happen? When when are you going to have the baby? And I'm sure his parents were just freaking out too, but yeah. just trying to keep in touch. And my original plan had been to be like mobile and moving as much as possible. I, I knew I wanted an epidural, but I wanted to wait so that yeah. I could, you know, Move be around. up, up yeah. and around. But I was just leaking still so much that I was just not really comfortable moving. So I got yeah. the epidural probably around like 10 or 1030 at a point where like my contractions still weren't unbearable, but I was like one more increase in the dose. And I think this might be too much for me. Yeah. So I got the epidural placed, which was really easy and was awesome. It was one-sided for a little bit, but we fixed it with positioning Good. and I was able to get a little bit of rest and just hung out and waited. 
and listen to a lot of Taylor Swift. Uh, nice. Hey, that's great. That sounds like yeah. a great experience. And you were Absolutely. probably pretty tired from being up. I mean, you hadn't really taken yeah. a nap or slept anything since you woke up at 3 a.m. this morning. So you're probably right. like, thankful still, that you got it and could rest a little bit. Yeah, I still had all this adrenaline, but I was able to yeah. shut my eyes for a little bit. Then I at like 2 a.m., I was still only six centimeters and I think I wasn't complete until like seven, seven thirty. So okay. more than 24 hours after my water had broken, I, this has been a long process, but yeah. we're getting there. Yeah. So at that point I called up my husband on FaceTime and he was able to watch the delivery. Okay, good. Which was, was great. It was not I ideal. Mean, that's <laughs> as good as you can get, right? It, I mean, exactly. <laughs> and I should say we had decided not to find out the sex of the baby too, oh, because okay you know, he hadn't been able to be at my prenatal appointment. So he was never, you know, at an ultrasound or anything. Yeah. And there were a lot of reasons we decided not to find out the sex, but part of it was like, we can like have that one moment together where we yeah. like get this one surprise. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was still a question. And yeah, the doctor came in and it wasn't my provider, but I, I knew that I wasn't going to have my provider delivering the baby. That's just the way the practice was structured. So, yeah. and I, got really attached to the L and D nurse anyway. She was awesome. And I pushed for 90 minutes. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Totally pain-free. I could still feel the contractions though, which was great. I know sometimes yeah. an epidural can make that not possible, but it just felt like I was having Braxton Hicks. Good. So I was able to like, really feel like I was in control of that. And then when the baby came out, they did have a like double cord mm -hmm. wrapped around their neck, but mm -hmm. That was resolved so quickly. I like didn't even notice. The doctor was just like, "Oh, we have a double nuchal. Oh, mm -hmm. it's fixed." Mm -hmm. And then they handed me the baby, and like my husband wasn't there to announce. They didn't ask my mom to announce. They were just like, "What is it, mommy?" And I was like, "Oh God, I have to do this. I have to do it. Yeah, I just pushed <laughs> the baby out. Like I have to say it." And I'm like looking, and I'm like squinting because I'm just like totally delirious. <laughs> I'm like, I think it's a boy. Um, <laughs> and my husband is just like pounding the air, just like. Aww. So excited. It was such a big and like amazing surprise. He's got a son and everybody thought I was having a girl except for oh. me. So. <laughs> so that was awesome. But yeah, we did skin to skin right away. He was Good. gorgeous, just like totally perfect. We tried latching, not super successful, but yeah. it was a start. So yeah. yeah, we got our golden hour. But then after that, I had to move to recovery and pretty much say goodbye to my mom as they were like wheeling me into an elevator. Say, yeah. So like, what was the process? So your mom had to completely leave the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She had to head out right away and it was super abrupt and yeah. weird, but it was funny. It's like, I was so sad that they weren't going to be there for the birth. And then she was, she was like the second person that got to hold her grandson. So yeah. that was kind of a blessing as much as like the circumstances really yeah. sucked, but yeah, we went to recovery. And when I got to my room, nurses checked in, kind of told me what the plan for the next couple of days was going to be. And then they left me alone with the newborn and I still had the epidural running through me. So I couldn't get up. I couldn't walk around. I couldn't get out of the bed. I kept trying to latch, but it was like really difficult and really painful. So I just kind of like snuggled and tried to stay awake because there was nobody there to hold the baby if I needed to take a nap or, yeah. you know, help me get to the bathroom until the nurses came back a few hours later. So yeah, things got super tough that night because I just couldn't take a break and I got no sleep whatsoever. Yeah. 
And meanwhile, the nurses have been asking if I want a lactation consultant to come and help out. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. I really need some help because the baby is just nursing constantly and my milk isn't in yet. Mm -hmm. And I still am not able to get like a real deep latch. Yeah. But lactation never showed up. So, yeah. So I kind of just waited and, you know, they kept checking in and being like, oh, yeah, I think lactation is coming. And it never actually happened. Then at one point, while my baby was getting some tests run, they had taken him out of the room. I took my mask off for like the first time in three days. And I realized at that point that I had lost my sense of smell. So Mm. that was my first Mm. and one of my only COVID symptoms. Gotcha. Then by the following day, so I had been in the hospital since I got in there Saturday afternoon, gave birth Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. By Tuesday morning, they were like, whenever you're ready, you can go home, just fill out this discharge paperwork and we'll brief you and you can go. And lactation still hadn't come, but I was honestly like so lonely and so exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, Like get me out of here. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, you gave me the okay. I'm going home. Like I was totally stir crazy. So I didn't follow up and that's a big regret that I have, but it just was not something that I was like mentally and physically capable of, of waiting for anymore. So my husband, I mean, it had been like two days, like that's that's a long time for Yeah. And still had no milk Yeah, and just trying to, just trying to make it work and practice. Yeah. So my husband picked me up and took us home where we still had to mask for a couple of days until our quarantine was over. Yeah. And was he like better by this point or did he still have, he had gotten quite a bit better. And then right after the baby was born, he got like this huge rush of adrenaline and like cleaned the whole house and like tried to prep everything for the baby and had like completely overextended Uh himself. And so he was feeling like pretty bad again, but not at his worst point. Okay. So we kept sleeping in separate bedrooms and everything until we got the okay. But then like, as soon as we got the okay to be together, my husband had to go back to work. Oh, of course. So yeah. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely a really like a whirlwind of a time. And it was also, you know, the day after I got home from the hospital was January 6th. So we're we're watching what's happening on the news. Yes. Yes. I I forgot about that. I was like, don't they know I just had a baby? What a weirdo time. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So just completely insane. And my milk didn't come in until like five days postpartum. Like it really took a long time. So I just didn't sleep for that entire first week because my baby was just up every hour trying to nurse and yeah. never satisfied. So ugh, it's a lot to look back on. And I am like surprised we all survived it, but yeah. we did somehow. Yeah. No, that's crazy. I was going to ask. So your mom, what happened to her? Like, did she stay yeah. or did she go? <laughs> Where'd she go? What happened? <laughs> so she had gotten there and started quarantining right away and immediately had to go back into quarantine after leaving me because she had been exposed to me for several hours. So she had an Airbnb and she stayed there and had to just keep extending it so that she could stay long enough to fill out her quarantine before going back home. Gotcha. She was still in town and still in the neighborhood. And we ended up as soon as like our quarantine was over, our symptoms were gone. She was still there. And we were like, do you want to come over for dinner? Do you want to come over and hold the baby? So we you know, through all of the, you know, hardship and grief of everything that we went through did get to get this thing that I had really wanted, which is like my mother's presence and all of it. So 
little blessings, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How was your husband's first moment meeting Ugh. your son? Uh, like it, cause it was in the car, right? He like picked you up and yeah. what was that like? What was really kind of special about it was they took me down in the wheelchair. I had baby in the car seat and my husband literally like clicked the car seat in and went to me first and just like threw his arms around me and hugged me and was like, Oh, you're so small. (laughs) You're a different (laughs) size and shape than when I dropped you off, Um, (laughs) which was really wonderful. And then he really got a moment to like hold and like look and behold the baby when we got home. And I have pictures of that moment too, which is really special. It's just a kind of beautiful, beautiful thing. But it's wild to think like our son didn't see our faces until he was like four or five days old. Yeah. (sighs) All those masks and just, yeah, I know. I often wonder, I mean, you know, we're not masked at home, but like my little one, he's about to be a year. So like pretty much his whole life has either been in quarantine or like around other people with masks. So you wonder like, what is that like? What is it like to just grow up? And that's like just the norm, you know? I know it makes me grateful. So our baby's in daycare and like, you know, we hear about like older kids or like, you know, older babies, toddlers who have been in quarantine for so long and are having difficulty socializing. And I'm like, you know, even though daycare has its own risks, I'm like really grateful that he's around people and kids and hearing people have conversations and getting social interaction. Crazy, crazy. (laughs) Well, I do want to ask you before we wrap up, how was, I don't want to leave off the breastfeeding issue. So like what ended up happening? Did you eventually just figure it out or were you like, I'm going to do formula or did you ever see a lactation consultant? Yeah. So breastfeeding has been a journey we've tried a lot of different things and I'm you know, happy to say we're at peace with where we are now. I ended up seeing two lactation consultants virtually that first week and then finally okay. found someone to come to my house and like assess our latch, do okay. a weighted feed and gave me a lot of confidence. But as we like kept going to the pediatrician for weight checks, it was just clear that he was just not getting enough. Okay. We don't know what wasn't working, but mm-hmm. it wasn't working. So I slowly transitioned to primarily pumping and then whatever I couldn't pump for him, we filled him with formula and Mm -hmm. then I still nurse at night. So, you know, I have this kind of great setup where there's not a whole lot of pressure on me to make enough milk and my baby's fed and my baby is thriving Mm -hmm. and I still get the opportunity to nurse if I want to. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, I'm definitely grateful for it. It was quite an emotional journey. I'm sure. you know, there's been a lot to process at every step of the way, but I feel really good about where we're at. And I'm, you know, I wish I'd had the support that I needed first thing yeah. in the hospital. I wish I'd been able to advocate for myself better, but when you're, you're by yourself and you don't know what you're doing, it's like, there was a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, do not blame yourself for anything. Like, wow, that's a, yeah, that's a lot sure. to process. That is a lot to process. Just yeah. a lot of things that were not expected. And so it's hard. I mean, yes, of course we say it's important to advocate for yourself. It's important to see a lactation consultant if you're having issues, but like in certain circumstances, it's like, you got to think about all the factors at play. Yeah. And it's like where we're at now, combo feeding, like it's done wonders for my mental health. It has done wonders for my baby's physical health. Yeah, Like we're all so much happier and we're all sleeping so much better too. Yeah. So yeah, I'm grateful that, you know, we've at least found something that works for us all. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Laurel, for sharing all of that. That was quite 
a story. My goodness. (laughs) I was excited. I told you the beginning of the episode, I was excited to hear all of that from you because like, wow, that is a lot. And we have not had, you know, we've had podcast episodes of birth stories where people, I mean, even I gave birth during in August and, you know, COVID was going on. So people comment about that, but it's not, we haven't had one of those birth stories. So I appreciate you coming on (laughs) and sharing all of that. Did you want to share if you have like a social media handle or a website, or I know you got a podcast that you want to share for people to follow along? Yeah, absolutely. So my husband and I host and produce the Midnight Myth podcast, which if you are a fan of movies and TV and are a big nerd like us, we talk about how all of those things meet with history and mythology and philosophy. Ooh. So we try to, you know, make pop culture seem smart. Cool. But I like you it. Can, I'm going to check yeah. it out. The midnight <laughs> can, Myth. I'm going to write that down right now. And you can find us pretty much anywhere where podcasts are, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. And we are on Twitter at The Midnight Myth. There are definitely occasional pictures of our baby there too, who sometimes sits in the studio with us. And then we're on Instagram at Midnight Myth Podcast and on Facebook. So yeah, check us out if you have the yeah. time. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place.